This episode is presented by Fleet Feet. It is huge, you know, being a black fly fisherman and black angler. And if 10 black kids can see me fishing and start fishing and 10 of their friends can see them fishing, that's going to be something. In a few years, that's, that's going to be huge. In 40 years, that's going to be, that's what it is. Mm. And I love being like the face for the outsiders, you know, mm. as, as they call it. I want to get the outsiders outside. My name is Allison Mariella Desir, and this is Out and Back, a podcast exploring how Black, Indigenous, and other people of color are reclaiming space in the outdoors. Each episode, you'll hear their stories and we'll get outside with them in their element. This episode is definitely not mine. We're going fly fishing in Bremerton. But first, we're heading to Tacoma to meet Giancarlo Lawrence. Fly fishing changed Gian's life and has a lot of healing power for him, but he is among very few Black people in the industry. Yet fly fishing, along with his other outdoor pursuits such as mushroom foraging, gardening, and hunting, are his way to move himself and more Black people towards liberation and self-sufficiency. It is a vision that had even me, a firm supporter of city living, considering a different life. If you want to see Gian and I talking at his home in Tacoma and fly fishing in Bremerton, check out our video series. There's a link to it in the show notes, or you can find it at crosscut.com slash video. Before we waded in, Gian and I talked on the beach. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Really good. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. To say that you're a Renaissance man is not even doing it justice. Tell me who you are and all the things that you do. My name is Giancarlo Lawrence. A lot of people call me Gian, and I'm born and raised here in Tacoma, Washington. Um, I'm a fly fisherman. I'm a chef. I'm an artist. I'm a father. I'm a lot of things. Yeah, I'm an, I love. I love the outdoors. So anything that has to do with the outdoors, that's me. And today we're talking about fly fishing. Yes, ma'am. That's number one. Which is, I gotta say, not a thing black people do. Not at all. On the list of things we do, fly yeah. fishing is like. Yeah. The way at the bottom. Not, there's not a lot of us. How do you find yourself? How did you get into fly fishing? You know, fly fishing came because of a life change, mm. I'd say. Um, I was going through some, some things. I was going through trials and learning about myself. And I got outside and got fishing with a few friends. And I saw a guy fly fishing across the creek from me. And he was just catching fish and back and forth nonstop. Mm all this gear, he's walking in the water. It was just like beautiful, right? Like mm. these old pictures you've seen. And I knew, I was like, I wanna do that. Mm. That's what I wanna do. I wanna get in the water, I wanna be connected. And I started fly fishing and it took off. Mm. It opened up so many doors for me. Take me through that first fly fishing experience. I mean, you had to figure out how to purchase the gear, where to go. Right. Like those are often all of the barriers. Like somebody like me, I'll see something like that, but I'll be like, Psh, I don't even know where to start. Right. So how did you get out there that first time? Um, I think, so I knew a little bit about fishing cause I had started, you know, spin, spin fishing and fishing little lakes and stuff. So I knew a little bit, but I didn't know exactly what I was doing. So the first thing I did is hop on YouTube. Mm. And I'm on YouTube like watching the oldest videos of like the oldest white guys fly fishing <laughs> and welcome to the world of fly fishing, like old, old stuff. And uh, 
it just kept me focused. I, I stayed on it, and um, I remember picking up my first fly rod package and practicing in my backyard, like getting stuck on the fence and hooking all sorts of stuff myself. And it was just like, what am I doing, you know? <laughs> but I, I started getting, I started getting into it, and then I ended up catching my first fish, and that was like amazing. Uh, I went out on this lake and I was all by myself mm. and I hooked this fish and I remember looking around like, did anybody see that? <laughs> like, nobody saw it and I was just like, all right, well. And I, I loved it, I just loved it. It kept me outside. I have to tell you, when I went to get my fishing license, since we're going fishing tomorrow, they asked like the simplest question, is it salt water or what's the other? Fresh water. Or fresh water. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this old guy in his 80s was like, where are you going? That's what I, and he answered. And I just was like, wow, how clear is it that I'm out of my element? It's crazy. But also I, I felt so good that I would have this opportunity to try something. It's, it's something beautiful. I mean, there's a lot that can be daunting getting into it. But once you get it, you realize it's really not that tough. Mm. And it's it's not hard to do whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, I know there's like a, it's like a Bible that you have to read almost to get into <laughs> involved in it. Am I doing the right thing, going to the right places, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of going to the right places, tell me about what is a typical fishing experience for you, right? Because when I think of fishing, I think of white people. I think of them being in some far-flung place mm -hmm. that's difficult to get to. What is it like for you? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> That's so what right it is. Except, yeah. I'm black, yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's you, you're definitely going out into places, like, especially for a black person that you're like, what am I doing? You know, mm. why am I going all the way out here? But you get out there and you realize nobody's around. Mm. And that is like one of the biggest healing things for me is like quiet, peace and quiet and stuff like that. Um, you know, you get out there. You can throw some some beers in your backpack or some drinks or whatever you want to do and a snack and, and get out there and just experience it all uh, and indulge yourself in the outdoors mm. and kind of be isolated. Mm. It's really, really good. Tell me, what does fly fishing do for you? Fly fishing is, it's like meditating. Mm. It's like the easiest way for me to meditate mm. without like sitting down and like, you know, home. Like, it's not like that. It's walking through the water, hearing the water splash against your boots, you know, hearing your real click. The outdoors, the, the, the birds, the sounds of the trees, it's meditating. It's like a mantra, you know, stepping in the water is my mantra. It's something that I didn't know was missing. Um, how important it is to get fresh air, number one. Like how important it is to be by a body of water. You know, I saw something online that was like, getting close to a body of water for like 20 minutes a day can like rejuvenate you and mm. do a lot of positivity and a lot of excuse me positive things for yourself so because of fly fishing i learned about mushrooms and i learned about going mushroom hunting and like food just literally growing out the ground that i had no idea about mm. um getting getting with fly fishing has taught me about elk hunting and geography and river health and all sorts of things mm. that are just like completely healing to my soul mm. um, teaches me about this environment mm. um, things I had no idea about I heard you say something earlier that salmon saved your life yes what does that mean so here in the Pacific Northwest salmon is like number one that's like our staple like you know Washington because of salmon and being here and being around salmon all my life, not really understanding like why people like praise this fish, you know, mm -hmm. why the indigenous people like this is their everything. 
um, I got connected with salmon f first from eating, mm. you know, and realizing it's this amazing fish that we have. And, it's, <laughs> and then like in, in school, um, in like elementary, we would raise salmon from eggs and into juveniles and then release them in the stream. Mm. So I got this connection with it really early and understanding. So then when I went out and caught my first salmon, brought it home to my mom and realized like, look at everybody's face, like eating this fish. And like, everybody's like, good job. You know, you brought this fish home. I was like, this is it. Like salmon can connect me with my family, with my community, with nature, everything. And uh, it just took me from the path that I was on and turned my head the other way and totally saved my life. It kept me from getting in a lot of the trouble I was getting in. Can you say more about the path that you were on? Like yeah. what, what was life like for you? So growing up in the suburbs and being right next to the inner city, I had this like pull back and forth. Um, in the suburbs, I had kids being like, you're supposed to be like this. And then you go to the inner city and they're like, you're not like this enough. And I'm just getting yanked back and forth, not really understanding wh who I am or what I am supposed to be doing. So I ended up taking this pathway, trying to impress the people around me and trying to be what they say I should be. And it was, it was bad, it was horrible. Mm. I got in lots of trouble. Um, I grew up as a graffiti artist and a skateboarder. Mm. So I was like a punk, I'd stay out all <laughs> times of the night, you know, breaking windows, writing on people's stuff and just getting into lots of trouble. Mm. You know, I've gone to juvie, gone to jail, gone through everything, drugs, all of it. Mm. And so, yeah, I wasn't heading down the good path at all. Wow. So when I started fishing and hiking and stuff like that, like I said, my head just turned the other way. That is so powerful and exactly why the outdoors need to be accessible and everybody needs to be able to enjoy them because Absolutely. I mean I think about that for my my son I know you have kids just how life is wild it right? is wild but the more resources and coping mechanisms we give them the better off they are absolutely and these are things that have always been like right in front of us like fishing has never not been in front of us the outdoors is where we all live and for me to be so blinded to that is like that's the biggest problem it's like i didn't think it was easy access um, equipment all that stuff it was just like what i'm not gonna do that you know mm. what do you say when black people say like we don't do that that's not for us um can you explain to me what we do that's what i say what do you see us doing that we're supposed to do mm -hmm. that's really flourishing and working for us mm. what what do we do mm. so you, you can't tell me like one thing's a black thing or one thing's is this a blue thing is this a purple thing like how are you going to tell me what i can and can't do you know i'm adding that to my arsenal come of on, comebacks come on <laughs> this yeah what do we do as far as what we do do and what we see on the media it's not helping us mm. i'll say that mm -hmm. yeah I'm curious how you incorporate your children into what you're doing. I know they're a huge part of your life mm -hmm. and that your kids are already mimicking things that they say Everything, you do. Yeah. What is your relationship like with them and the outdoors? Um, it wasn't too hard to really, to get them to like attract themselves to the outdoor because that's number one, you know. Um, ever since my daughter was born, I've had like a big garden in the backyard and I've been bringing home salmon. So the natural curiosity of her wanting to be right next to me is like, if you want to be by my side, we're going to be in the dirt, you know? So as like a two-year-old, she's like playing in the dirt and like mm. planting stuff for me and, you know, standing back watching me cut fish up, you know? Mm. <laughs> she's not too <laughs> yeah, close. She's and like, she's like, nah, that's nah. cool. Over there. That's cool. And the one thing getting into it I didn't want to do was force them. 
And because of that, they've naturally been like, Dad, I want to go. I want to go fishing with you, you know. My daughter's in the kitchen. I want to help you cook and do everything I do. You know, when I'm drawing or doing graffiti, she's like right there. You know, I want to do it too. So, yeah, they they clicked onto it real quick. What is your hope for them? Um, my hope is for them to obviously do exactly what I'm doing, right? Yeah. I know there's going to be plenty of ups and downs that they're going to go through. But hopefully seeing me do all this um, at their young age, later on in life when they're in their 20s and stuff, they can click back to it, mm. you know? Like after they go through all this stuff, they can mm. click back and be like, well, my dad used to go fishing and he used to can food and do all this mm. stuff. Like, that's what I'm gonna do too, mm. you know? So I, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about all these different pieces of your life, how do they come together? Like, do you have an ultimate dream of how all these pieces fit together in yeah. your life? Um, I do. My life's crazy and I do a ton of stuff and sometimes I feel like I'm like a rock just rolling down a hill like no breaks no nothing you know but the goal is self-sufficiency and to be financially free if I can gain that then that's everything you know a beautiful home way out somewhere like on the coast um, my own garden harvesting my own animals just everything from myself self-sufficiency well, you have changed my mind. I used to think like the city is where it's at. Right. And if I'm not in your city, that's not life. But this idea that we can cultivate what we eat, like we know where our food comes from, that we have control over what goes into it. Yeah. That's one of my biggest fears in raising my son. I honestly don't know what he's eating. Right. Where it comes from. Right. So the only way you can solve those problems is by like just doing it yourself. And it's so fun. It's so constructive. It's extremely healthy. Like, there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's, mm. it's the most positive things you can do mm. is be self-sufficient. So. Who are your teachers or role models? Like, who helps you along this journey? Uh, you know, nobody taught me any of this stuff. I learned it going through trials and tribulations. But I have a huge support system behind me, you know, with my family, my sister, um, my best friends. They're all on the same wavelength. We all see. And so they push me. They push mm -hmm. me nonstop and they give me praises and things like that that keep me going. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's number one. This is a do it all for your family and do it all for your community. I'd love it if you could share for me what your life was like growing up mm -hmm. with a single mother. Um, rebellion. That's mm -hmm. like the number one word, right? Um, no dad in the house. My mom, amazing woman, really sweet, amazing woman. And all she wants to do is protect me and keep me away from trouble. You know, I'm her only, this only black man that she's raising, mm. and the world definitely isn't built for me. So she would do anything she could to kind of like hold, hold me at home. So that automatically was a recipe for me wanting to leave. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a problem. But like me and my mom always had a cool relationship. Like I could always talk to her and, you know, keep it real with her as mm. much as I could. And um, we're great now. Yeah, yeah I'm great. curious, what does she think about all the things that you do and the lifestyle that you have? I recently, you know, I did a speech at UW and they showed the Blackstone Five movie and she came and she mm. was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> it's like that? And I was like, yeah, it's like that, you know, so she's, she's, she digs it. She's really all about it, you know, she's a homebody and likes to stay home and stuff. So mm. when I can drag her out to come and see something I'm doing, it's pretty cool. We've talked about the healing power of nature, but I'd love it if you could also share what disconnection from nature um, looks like. With the disconnect from nature, with, especially with black people, 
you have no more people, no more conservationists. Mm. You're losing out on people to learn about our environment and to want to help it. You're losing out on farmers, which is number one for me. Um, the disconnect is everything that has to do with saving our planet. Mm. You know, not getting involved in the outdoors is not doing anything to help what we use up. All we do is take, 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 take. We walk and spread carbon footprint and all that stuff and we do nothing to keep it going, to help mm. it. So yeah, the, the disconnect from nature in the black community and any communities really is the downfall of humanity. That's so powerful because that's exactly as I view it and making these intentional, intentional choices with my son, mm -hmm. right? Like the resources are not infinite and the way that we're consuming them and overusing them is putting the country and our lives in distress. Yeah. But if you can get out there and learn about it and care for it, then you, you want it to remain, right? Exactly. I, didn't, I turned into a conservationist from fly fishing because of how much love and joy I got from fly fishing. Um, catching a steelhead and catching trout in all these wild rivers here I, and sharing it with my family is huge. And I never want that to ever go away feeding communities, indigenous people, feeding their families, I never want that to go away. So if that means that I need to put my work in and, and put a foot in, I'll do it. And it's amazing too, it's really fun to do. And it's the same thing as getting outside. So I, I just really hope that that you know, spreads to other people. That's, that's my goal. Mm. Get, out, get involved in the outdoors, fall in love with the outdoors, and then want to save the outdoors. Stick around, we haven't even gotten to the adventure yet. This episode is presented by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet believes that running changes everything. We sell the shoes, apparel, and gear you need to get started. And we host fun runs, training groups, and events. Whether you're training for your first mile or your 50th marathon, we're here to run with you. Learn more at fleetfeet.com. You know, my goal of financial freedom and self-sustainability all stems from the outdoors and what you can get from it and what's all around us. And I know that getting people involved in the outdoors, learning to care for the outdoors is the starter recipe for self-sustainability and financial freedom. You know, mm. once you're there and you indulge yourself in the outside, you kind of want to stay there. Mm. And that means that you kind of turn your back on the city a little bit and start looking out outwards, you know. A lot of people seem like they're getting hip to that right now, which is mm. kind of cool. And the more it rolls, the more of a community we'll have outside and, yeah, farmers. As you say that, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, am I really going to be one of those weirdo, crunchy outdoors people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, and I say weirdo affectionately, yeah, yeah. but it's so funny because I've, again, I've lived so much of my life as this, like, getting to live in the city is the goal, yeah. right? Like, having that beautiful apartment in the city is what I've always thought of, meaning, like, you make it or success. And now I'm like, wow. I think I've been brainwashed. Right. It's dope. Like, I lived in the city. Like, I lived I lived on the streets in the city, and then I've lived in an apartment, like, in Capitol Hill. And, like, mm -hmm. I've lived that life, you know? And it's, it's really cool, but at the same time, like, you know deep down inside, like, you're part of this little rat race, right? Um, so leaving that behind 
was like a big weight off my shoulders in a way. Mm. And like getting outside was like, oh, this is what freedom feels like. Yeah, I am reframing it in my mind. And ultimately that's why I left New York. I left New York because I wanted my son to feel exactly the way that you described, right? right? To just know in his bones that the outdoors is his birthright and that being connected to nature is good for you, mm -hmm. improves your mental health, right? Like I want him to have that experience, but there's still this war in my mind of just like fully letting go. It's of, scary, it really know. is. Especially like, like black parents kind of almost warn you in a way. It's a fault of ours because we want to protect. So we're like, oh, don't go out there, you know, don't be out in the woods, like, you be careful because, like, you'll get hurt by white people out there, like, things like that, which is great to protect us and stuff, but it's extremely misleading. And that stuff sticks to us as we get older. So we find safety in the city and doing this daily routine nine to five instead of realizing how liberating it is to get out there. And nobody, you know, people, they can hurt you, but people can also hurt you in the city. A lot of people are in the city that, you know, so... It's, it's tough. We've, we've all been raised and ingrained a certain way and we're all trying to break it. It's from both sides. You're absolutely right. I think about that all the time. The generational trauma that informs the decisions we make. Absolutely. Historically bad things, historically and presently bad things happen absolutely. outdoors. Absolutely, right. But that can't be a reason for us never experiencing the beauty and transformative right. power of the outdoors. Yeah, you can't scare me from going out there, you know what I'm saying? And then like once we're out there, it's a scary sight. Mm. It's a scary sight, you know, to have a community of, of black people out there. And you know, if you're a white person driving down that road, you'd be like, mm, <laughs> I don't know about going down that road. There's a lot of black folks well, down there. Well, you let me know what property we're buying, <laughs> yeah, where we're going, right, where we're right? starting this commune. I'm it's, coming. <laughs> it works, it's, it, it's, it's proven historically to work. Like same in neighborhoods, like there's neighborhoods where white people are like, mm -mm going there mm. yeah it's we could do that in the outdoors too not because of crime and everything like that but just because that's where we are that's mm. our and it's it's thro it throws yeah throws them off 100 mm -hmm. percent so we're fishing tomorrow yes i am not a fisherwoman no it's all right <laughs> you will be tell me what could i expect so you're gonna expect number one a great time um, amazing views and more than likely to catch some fish. It's, it's going to be a bit cold out there and it's probably going to be windy and stuff, but it's all, it's all part of it. You know, it's an experience. Um, I'm going to be showing you a lot more than just fishing. There's all sorts of sea life and, um, amazing aquatic things going on right there on the edge of the beach that we had no idea about, mm. which is pretty cool. Um, because we're in the city and right. there's gonna be cars driving right over our head and stuff, but that's one of the things that stuck out to me was like how many opportunities there are for outdoor activities and gardening in the city. Mm. Um, driving through Tacoma, there's like tons of community gardens around. Mm. And like, you know, people have the idea of like farming or gardening as being something you do far out. But there's opportunities right here. There's a lot of lakes and creeks that run through here that are open for fishing and are full of fish as well. Awesome. Um, you don't have to go all the way out into the out, you know, crazy far outdoors. Everything's right at our doorstep. Yeah. I grew up fishing here in Tacoma actually a lot, fishing a lot of these like lakes that are in, within miles. And I'm catching big fish and hearing cars drive by like on the freeway. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. So, wow. yeah, that's, that was a big start for me to get out. Wow. All right. So, and what do I, what do I call myself? Like, you don't call yourself a fisherman. Is there a word for this? Angler. 
Angler. Yeah, okay. Angler's the the coverall. I'm yeah. Angler. There you go. You're an Angler now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's gonna be really good. I'll uh, teach you the basics, and the cool thing is, is once I show you this, you can take this and go anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. This is the base of fly fishing. Overhand casting. You can take that. Go to Montana, Utah, Idaho, wherever you want to go with it. Tell me about the gear. Like, what will I be wearing as we're fly fishing? So a waiter up. Um, you got your waders, which is like number one. That's like your pseudo armor. Uh, you can walk as deep as you can. The waders about this deep. You're gonna have some boots, and your boots will have a, a felt bottom mm-hmm. underneath or a rubber bottom, but it helps grip to the rocks and stuff like that. And then you're gonna want to layer up. Yeah, Pacific Northwest weather is not known to be that nice. So <laughs> layer up real good, and uh, we got your fly rod and uh, all your gear and stuff. You'll be set. Somebody, a friend of mine, who uh, a black woman who is an angler, she was talking about the the things that you use and how they're meant to look like insects. Yeah. And that, that blew me. I was like, so tell me, what are those things called? And so yeah, they're called flies. Okay. Um, people call them lures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> flies. Um, so there's a lot of different um, methods of of fly fishing. Um, but the number one method that, that we've all seen and the majority of people uses is imitating aquatic bugs. So 70% of the fish are eating underwater, the other 30% is on top. So you have these bugs that look like adult, like we call them mosquitoes or something, but it's, you know, they're flies, aquatic bugs, hatch from the bottom of the river and work their way up to the top and then end up flying around, dying, and then falling back down to where the fish are waiting to eat them. So you can mimic all those stages of bugs. You can also mi- mimic leeches, little crabs. You can mimic anything underwater you can mimic with a fly. So that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I always was like, that's like a rodeo weird. Right, yeah, yeah, roping, roping them up. Yeah, that's, a, that's the cast. So the cast is like the beautiful thing of fly fishing is mm-hmm. you see this line whipping back and forth and then you lay that line out, whether you have like a dry fly, what they call it, on top. Set the dry fly down in the water and it'll float down the stream and you hope that a fish will come up and grab it. You set the hook on it. So tomorrow we'll be imitating shrimp and little bait fish that are in the ocean. And they swing with the tide and the fish will wait at, right at the end of the swing and grab it. Pick it off. Oh. Yeah, so it's like a buffet line we're sending down <laughs> these foods and they just, they just grab it. It's so fun. So fun. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be really good. Really good. Right now I am driving to Bremerton where I'm gonna meet up with him and take my first ever fly fishing class <laughs> with him. I'm excited. I think I'm gonna suck, but you know, you always suck at stuff when you first try it. So I'm not gonna let that stop me from leaning in fully. Where are we right now? So right now we are in the Hood Canal. Um, this is the area that the Puget Sound hooks up into and goes straight and it starts to narrow out and turns into a spit here. And that's why that water flows through here really heavily. It's a good highway for food. It's one of my favorite areas in, in the state. It's a good highway for food. Yeah, this is it. Love that. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm this old guy with this bucket and a basket. Like, like oh, I'm grabbing all this mushrooms, all these clams. But the food I'm bringing it home and making is just like, 
You know, you'd pay hundreds of dollars at a restaurant for this stuff, and it's lay, it's laying on the ground. And now I get the connection, right? Like once you catch your own stuff, then you're like, well, damn, I need to cook it well. Yeah, so it's I'm gonna like make. Naturally, you're gonna yeah, cook. you're flexing in the kitchen. There's like no point to going out to these like crazy restaurants when yeah. you can do it right here at home. My mind is like, come on, that's it, right? <laughs> that's dope. It's so cool. So yeah, awesome. like I spend my summers um, harvesting. We'll go, we'll do crabbing, and then I'll go clamming. We'll go get shrimp, mushrooms. Um, we'll get nettles and all sorts of stuff. And then, of course, you have your garden going. Mm -hmm. And then salmon season. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to kill a deer or an elk, mm -hmm. think about how much food you can get just off of your fishing license and your backyard. Yeah. So I know that if I was, like, walking around here and saw you, a black man, I'd be like, oh, snap. Right. <laughs> we do this? Right. Tell me about the power of representation for you being a black angler. It is, it is huge, you know, being a black fly fisherman and black angler and being um, involved in social media and things like that and using social media to, uh, to your advantage. Mm -hmm. um, if 10 black kids can see me fishing and start fishing and mm -hmm. 10 of their friends can see them fishing, that's going to be something. In a few years, that's that's going to be huge. In 40 years, that's going to be, that's what it is. Mm. And I love being like the face for the outsiders, you know, mm. as, as they call it. I want to get the outsiders outside. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what we do. All right. So what does it feel like when a fish finally takes the bait? It or is. Takes the fish, the fly? It's like, it's what you've been waiting for. Mm. It's hard to explain because like, you know, sitting out here, you'll you'll kind of get like it, it could be daunting, especially like not knowing where the fish are, this huge body of water. And you start to kind of be like, man, is this working? You know, does this work? Does my fly? Oh, there it is. It does work. Fish on, you know, and it's like, yes, like I did what I was doing right. And and it makes you so excited. And then you bring the fish in and, and you really appreciate this fish. You're like, thank you like for making my day, you know, and it's funny because sometimes I'll like um, I'll catch a fish a certain way. And I'll try to stand in that same way I was. And I was like, what was I doing? Like I was, oh. I wiped my nose. I looked at the sun <laughs> and where are you? Like, <laughs> right, well, I cannot wait to get out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Should be good. It's all part of it. Right? Like sitting in a sauna for a long time. Oh my gosh, I feel it like suctioning to my body. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like, am I gonna get wet? Yeah. Like what's happening? So we can stay, we can fish right about here. Okay watch how I how I do okay so as I cast I'm gonna I'll pull some of this line out extra there you go holding with your trigger finger still oh oops I forgot about that there you go okay yeah and pull that line out from the reel okay. give you some you know give you some length there got it there you go all right let's see go ahead and give it a go <laughs> oops wait sorry about that there you go. More. There you go. There you go. Keep going. You're doing great. Don't break that wrist. Keep that wrist oh, tight. Yeah. And lay that down when you're ready. There you go. Okay. I'm going to come over there and okay. kind of tighten up your calf a little bit. I'm literally saying tick tock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm trying to, you know, little, you know. I saw, I saw what you were doing. You <laughs> I think that's <laughs>
This is cool. I would, I would definitely do it. Even like with, I mean, I, I would hope to get good at it, but even like I have a vision of like me, Amir and Corey, just like in the water messing around. It's like, it's a, a way that I know my son, he's gonna think it's fun just to be here, you know? And that's beautiful, it's just so simple. Thank you for an awesome day. Thank you for coming out here. Got you in my backyard. Got to see what I, you know, what I like to indulge myself in. Yeah. And I totally get it. Yeah. I get it. This is it. It's, yeah. it's, it's relaxing. This is meditation. This is everything. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs>